Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Although you're not in the studio, we're going to have a program anyway. Good to be good morning, you with Dr. us. Thank you, Dr. Paul. Okay, very good. I want to start off with a few things that came out that has come out of Washington. Uh, of course, a lot of bad stuff comes out, and this isn't necessarily good, but it's a couple of things that are of interest. I want to start off with this uh, incident that has occurred with Tulsi Gabbard, somebody that uh, we highly respect. Uh, and uh, she had ran a nice campaign on principle. And we made a little bit of an effort at the time to call attention to what she's doing. But she's doing quite well now, even outside of office. And the thing that distinguishes her from others is she's telling the truth. Yeah, people recognize it right away, and 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 then uh, you wonder why anybody would pick on her, uh, but that's what happened. Somebody's picking on her, and, <clears throat> and they, they pick they're picking on her because I think they're tremendously embarrassed, and and uh, and they can't stand the idea that they may live without worrying about what the truth is, and they want to fudge the truth, and therefore they have to destroy that individual that stands on principle, and it happens to disagree, you know, with, uh, with what they believe. And what I'm referring to is, uh, Tulsi made a comment about the, uh, what they should do in, in uh, establishing a ceasefire in, in Ukraine, and she's, she's been very, very good on foreign policy. Uh, and uh, that shouldn't have gotten a whole lot of attention, but right now, you know, the status quo, uh, the, the, the uh, people is in the media, you're not supposed to because you have to bash Russia, uh, no matter no matter what. And uh, but but so somebody had to put her down because she was getting a little of attention, and Fox puts her on, and people know her name now, and she's taking a position uh close to being called a non-interventionist so we like that but uh the the one reason why this should be called to attention and what something you can help uh it'll help help you figure out what's going on because uh you know the person who really went after us was was uh, mitt romney i mean uh, he uh he he was early on. He, f- he figures he's a hero because he was the first one to figure it out that the world has to hate hate Russia and eliminate Russia from the face of the earth. Uh, so he went after her, and, uh, and this is in quotes. This came from an article in quotes, but I I, I just can't believe that he he said this, but but I do. And uh, he called it treasonous liar. You know, that's pretty strong. But then when the support started coming out for Romney, uh, not criticizing Romney, it came, it came from uh, uh, Adam Kinzinger. And we know about him. Uh, he, he, he doesn't always tell the truth because uh, he's de- very deceptive. Uh, he has done nothing even to be a um, moderate Republican. He doesn't even qualify for that because he, he is so dedicated to doing anything to support, uh, you know, uh, the far left. And uh, that, that, that's a big deal. So he comes in and he, of course, supports uh, Romney on this issue. So uh, I think, Daniel, this is a point that uh, it's worth taking. I don't know what anybody's going to do and hang about it, but just call attention to it. The fact that, uh, that you get called names and uh, facts are distorted and hopefully we can uh, help improve the situation by 
you know, getting people to think more factually rather than listening to the political demagogues. Well, it was really, an, it's an astonishing chapter, Dr. Paul, because Tulsi Gabbard made a point that, is, that A, is objectively true. She said, in light of the disclosure by the Biden administration itself, that the Department of Defense, of Defense is running bio and chemical labs in Ukraine, because of the danger of this, of pathogens uh, escaping, she said that the U.S. should work very hard with Russia to help get a ceasefire and to secure these facilities. Uh, this is nothing outlandish. She didn't say we should surrender to Russia. She simply <laughs> said this is a potentially a big problem and we need to deal with it and we need to stop the fighting in Ukraine. Well, of course, people like Romney and Kinzinger, they want to fight Ukraine, as you pointed out, down. They want to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. The last thing they want is this war to end. Uh, but of course, we know who suffers the most in war, and that's the innocent. So it's actually very disgusting. And by the way, as a lot of people have pointed out in Twitter, Romney himself was able to evade military service many times. All of his sons were of military age in the Iraq wars. None of them served in the military. Whereas if you look at someone like Tulsi Gabbard, who joined the military after 9-11, had tours in, in battle zones overseas, and even is currently uh, an active member of the National Guard, uh, to call someone like this a traitor, and Kinzinger said she's, uh, show, uh, she's pushing Russian propaganda, but simply making the objectively factual point made by Victoria Newland herself in the Senate that yes, we have bio labs in Ukraine, and yes, we're concerned about them getting out of control. It's a very astonishing chapter, and it shows, Dr. Paul, the dissent. It shows the extent of the insanity about anyone even remotely saying anything other than the bumper stickers is automatically branded a traitor and a Putin talking point, which is ridiculous, especially after two years of COVID. Now we're down to this. You know, uh, the uh, Russia uh, using the same tools that they all use, but that doesn't, uh, uh, you know, stand for any positive thing because they said, well, if there's a problem like this, you know, supposedly that's when uh, you're supposed to talk to maybe to the United Nations and maybe they could help straighten us out. So he, he they went to the United Nations and uh, wanted them to look into this. Uh, they they don't have a lot of a lot of interest in doing that. That's not going to uh, to ha happen. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the fact that Romney and his kids didn't uh, go into war. But, you know, avoiding the draft and being anti-war is one thing. But this is the opposite. This is the chicken hawk position, you know, uh, because basically I don't know anything about the kids. But uh, Romney is hawkish on the issues. Uh, and then they want to send other people's uh, kids. I don't think they're taking the principal position that Muhammad Ali took when uh, he suffered a whole lot by standing on principle and said he had no, no, uh, no reason that he, he had to go and start killing people over in Asia. But anyway, it's, it's an item that I think was worth calling attention to. I do want to move on to uh, another one. And uh, this has to do with a relative of mine. I think he uh, uh, happens just to be my son who did, uh, you know, he's done a lot of good things as far as I'm concerned, but I'm a father and I'm biased, so I'll admit that. <laughs> but he, uh, he was, um, uh, he's been fighting a battle for a long time. It was a lone battle, but it's almost been going on for two years, but he essentially won it trying to point out, you know, uh, what kind of a person Fauci is. Uh, 
and he isn't going to let up on it. And now he's introduced or plans to introduce legislation that would break up CDC, essentially fire Fauci by getting rid of his job. And uh, it'll be interesting. He's going to get some votes on this uh, shortly. It'll be very interesting to see uh, where the politics are on this. Before, because, you know, for the first year and a half that we were involved with this, you went to prison if you said anything bad about Fauci. You know, practically you got canceled. You got into all kinds of trouble. And I think Rand got canceled over this whole thing and got kicked off Facebook. But uh, that, should, that should be an honor rather than a detriment. So, uh, so he... he He's introduced this, uh, uh, Daniel, and I, I figure uh, that there'll be some excitement when he calls this a vote, calls a vote on this. Yeah, absolutely. And the backdrop to this, Dr. Paul, is just today, Fauci, who has been not seen very much in the media lately, well, he's back and he's back on the stage. And here's what he said today. More vaccines are needed. Quote, we're not done with this. Uh, and this is the person who said in the past, I am the science. Um, He's retreated as people have started moving away from COVID, uh, but now he's back. And of course, the CEO of Pfizer also said yesterday, you got to get that fourth shot. My guess is that the demand for a fourth shot of the same thing that was in number one, number two, and number three that did not work is not going to be attractive to people. So thankfully, Senator Paul has come out for looking for some kind of solution. Uh, he wants to break it up. He doesn't want to have one person in charge of the NSAID, or NIAID, sorry. Uh, he wants to break it up into three different positions. He wants to have those positions um, uh, nominated by the president, subject to approval by the Senate, uh, which will do something, I think, to, um, to reduce the control of power in the hands of one person. Uh, I don't know that it'll completely solve the problem because government is government, but it is a way of breaking up the monopoly that someone in Fauci's position has and has exercised to the detriment of our country over the past two years. I want to use a couple short quotes from Rand. And one question he asked, which I think is, is pretty profound. Why did we spend two years not following science? And that's, that's really the, the issue. But he also said, no, in quote, no one person should have a unilateral authority to make decisions for millions of Americans. That's a pretty good suggestion. Adding that his amendment could, quote, ensure that ineffective, unscientific lockdowns and mandates are never foisted on the American people ever again. I mean, that, that might be a little extra wishing, but that's the goal, and that's the proper goal, and that's what we should go in. So hopefully uh, Rand's efforts will pay off right now. I'd say he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, he's been on this from the beginning. And, of course, nothing can solve the problem of the panic of the people if the people hadn't panicked. Uh, and, and gone insane for two years, the government never would have had that authority. But at least this will be able to, to clip some of that, and perhaps slow some of the panic next time the next shiny object is dangled in front of the American people. Okay, I have another item here uh, coming out of Washington, and uh, I want to call attention to uh, our viewers that uh, the, the line of... Uh, 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 getting it to become president. Everybody knows if the president dies, the vice president takes over. If he dies, uh, then the speaker's in line uh, to take over that office. And um, it, it has never been, been used. 
But I keep thinking, you know, even the Democrats now are a little bit, you know, they talk uh, pretty negatively about the president. They're scared to death that they might lose power, you know. And so they're concerned about this. And then they say, oh, yeah, we have this great vice president. And uh, when, when you see the vice president speaking, you're not sure, you're not sure uh, where she's coming from either. But don't worry, we have a third person in charge and we can always rely on that person. She's had the experience, she's had the experience like, like the current president had, probably had the same experience too. But anyway, the third in line would be Nancy Pelosi to the presidency if anything happened. But she was in the news this week and this is, uh, 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 this is very important. It reveals her philosophy and her uh, IQ. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, comment of the day, quote, government spending reduces debt. Oh, this is a misprint. Has to be a misprint. How could you do that? Government spending reduces debt? I think 99.9% of the American people, no matter what their age was or sex or race or whatever, I think 99% would not to agree with that, but but no, she sticks sticks to her gun. She says it works, and she she, she goes on and and tries to explain the economics on this. When we're having this discussion, it's important to spell some of those who say, "Well, it's the government spending." No, no, it isn't. She says the government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. U.S. debt courtesy. So she goes on and on. But uh, it, instead, uh, she, she, there, she, she, there, but the, the author of this article <laughs> makes, makes a pun over the Red Queen. Instead, he says, I happened to overhear a conversation between Nancy Pelosi and the Red Queen. I, had, I didn't know much about this Red Queen. I don't watch movies and things, but I had to find out who this guru was. And uh, Pelosi said, how did the U.S. national get debt get to exceed $30 trillion. The Red Queen, the brilliant Red Queen, says, oh, to bring down the national debt, you must spend tens of trillions of dollars much faster than you are now. Inflation is high because of inadequate government spending. Oh, uh, and so Pelosi felt relieved, and she says, oh, thanks. I'll give a speech on that. And uh, end of conversation. So rest assured, folks, we're in good hands. We have a president that's had a lot of experience uh, in the wrong place. Uh, you know, that reminds me of, of my qualification, and this applied to Daniel, too, that uh, when I hired somebody from my congressional office, the one disqualifying factor was that I have experience on the Hill. And uh, I, I remember the um, first time I ever went to Washington in 76, it was an accident. I don't know how that happened. But uh, boy, a new member of Congress, and I had a stack of applications and every one of them was bragging uh you know you're new and you're inexperienced and and we can help you and we've run this office and that office well I'll tell you what i went through that stack real fast because anybody who had any experience on the hill uh, i decided they weren't the people i was looking for but uh they uh they they still use that as a qualification and uh and 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 pelosi Pelosi would say she's, she's qualified, the vice president's qualified, the whole works. Uh, you know, it almost makes the point that we should think more about what Switzerland has. 
they don't really have a president in their country, and uh, that might uh, be much better than putting up with, what do you do? You can, A, you get your president. Oh, no, we'll go to B, our vice president. Oh, B won't work too well, so we'll end up with number C, you know, the Speaker of the House. Now, it's the philosophy of government that we have to deal with. It's the principles of liberty we have to deal with. And these politicians, you cannot be, uh, you cannot rely on the politicians that they offer us. So the people are beginning to wake up and we'd like to stir the pot and wake up a lot more. Daniel. Well, that says a lot about the thinking in Washington. You know, I've got a, a little bit of money on my credit card. I guess if I max out all my cards, I can reduce my debt, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to move on to another place where our debt is going, and that's uh, the military industrial complex. I think you have something about, uh, about a story about Germany. Yeah, Germany. Here's a headline on Zero Heads, and they're pretty darn reliable on what uh, hints they give us on what's actually going on. Germany to buy dozens of U.S. F-35s. Uh, I don't know how great that F-35 is. Uh, it's, it's, I don't think it's a defensive weapon. I don't think it works the best in the world. To replace bombers, citing Putin's war in Ukraine. Oh, that's... That's the good part about the war. The military-industrial uh, complex, they're celebrating, they're dancing. You know, our budgets are guaranteed for another five years at least. Let's hope not long. Let's hope it's five months and uh, somebody just decides they're going to use the diplomats and the diplomats get together and to start it off with, they declare a ceasefire until we come to our sanities. But, Daniel, what are the odds of that happening? Not very much, and I think that's been disclosed as the real winner of this war, unfortunately. The losers are the innocent people who are not combatants. The winners are the military-industrial complex. The F-35, we know, is a plane that's no good, uh, but now all of a sudden they're going to sell dozens more for Washington, for Berlin to curry favor with Washington. And also all those weapons that are being shipped over to Ukraine uh, they're immediately bombed by the Russians and destroyed. That doesn't bother the U.S. one bit. In fact, the military-industrial complex is thrilled to see them bombed because new orders go in. So war definitely brings bigger dividends to some people, Dr. Paul. Right. And, you know, there's uh, another suggestion made, and we've, we've talked about this subject, and that is uh, we have not been supportive uh, of a no-fly zone. You'd think that, well, that sounds good. Isn't that like a ceasefire, a no-fly zone? Nobody flies through there, and uh, that'll maybe reduce the number of uh, civilian casualties, and maybe that'll be a step in the right direction. But our conclusion, as well as the conclusion of many others, say, you know, it's, it's really too dangerous. And it, it doesn't take uh, somebody who's a total non-interventionist to argue that case because uh, the, uh, the, the process and the argument is that if there's a no-fly zone, what you have to do is you have to enforce it. If you don't enforce it, it's, uh, it's a fly zone that has protection for some people, not for others. So the no-fly zone invites the danger of uh, American planes, uh, never American pilots, uh, but American planes and American support and American money and uh, trainers and uh, we send people to train but not to really fight, uh, that they get involved. And maybe there's an accident happens and maybe it has to be on purpose because the planes flying over the country came from Russia. So well, what are they going to do? Wait to cross the, the, the border 
and then they can shoot it down if it's going to be a no-fly zone. That the whole thing is, is, is uh, like I said, a lot of very conventional military people have come to the conclusion that this is not enforceable and, and very dangerous. But now we have the first NATO country that said that's what we should do. Uh, I hope this is not contagious. I hope that this isn't the solution and an official position of NATO. It's bad enough that the official positions of NATO are really responsible for much of what uh, is going on in Ukraine right now, especially when you look back and study the history of the coup that we participated in in 2014. Yeah, I wish we could set up a no meddling zone. That would be much better, right? <laughs> yeah, there you because go. if we left the countries alone... But this just demonstrates the folly of NATO expansion in the first place. Estonia has demanded that NATO set up a no-fly zone, i.e. Estonia would like to bring the NATO alliance into World War III with Russia, which could go nuclear. The, the idea that the United States is going to risk uh, you know, New York, Philadelphia, and Houston for Estonia is zero. It's not going to happen. This just shows how ridiculous it is to have let these hysterical Baltic states into NATO and obligate us under Article 5 to defend them. It shows how unstable they are and how unreliable they are. And it's just Exhibit A for why NATO hopefully will become less and less relevant and finally disappear after this horrible chapter. Uh, very good. And Daniel, I'm going to go and, and, and close out now by just uh, once again thanking our viewers for tuning in because we have been having new people come all the time and this war has stirred up their interest as well as COVID has. People are looking for some place where they can say, this sounds, this sounds reasonable, this sounds sensible, this sounds like this is the honest story. And uh, when we at this program uh, uh, can't quite figure it out and we don't have the all answers because we've never claimed we have people understand that but we're going to do our best to keep up with all the events going on and uh, of course uh, the one thing that uh, that motivates us most is is promoting a foreign policy of non-interventionism because that in itself is neutrality at the same time of working with people and traveling with people and trading with people and it has nothing to do with isolationism so I think uh, uh, that has been and uh, it has been the appealing factor uh, of our program to many people because it makes a lot of sense it's uh, you, you know it goes along with our history goes along with our constitution and if we need it more than ever that uh, yet we've moved in the wrong directions we had the we had the cold war ending in 1990 i was excited about that i thought a new age coming in and this will be a good one well it looks like people are bragging now well we finally canceled that we can get back to really stirring up the trouble and stirring up the military budgets and that's exactly what they have done if you look at the military budgets it's horrible and uh but uh don't sweat it nancy would say that's great. That's how you get rid of the debt. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.